this morning, I have the privilege of launching a series that we are calling Play for Peace. And uh, man, this series is, spoiler alert, about peace. Um, You may find this series interesting, by the way, if um, at any point in the last two years or year or 24-hour period, uh, you've experienced anything that has stirred or surfaced any amount of inner restlessness in you, any inner angst in you. If you've experienced any kind of lingering worry or concern that's just been plaguing you and won't go away, you may appreciate this conversation. Um, particularly if that inner restlessness or angst or um, stress has led to any amount of sleeplessness, like it's keeping you up at night, if it's led to any amount of like tightness in the chest that seems to be hanging around, if it's led you to dread things that you should be enjoying, you may appreciate this conversation, or if you happen to know anybody like that. Um, Man, uh, for a friend of mine who I won't name, well, we'll name this friend Mondo Chimfukwe. You know, 2021, man uh, was a strange and unusual year in the department of inner restlessness. I experienced more inner turmoil than I've experienced at any other point in my life, like a lingering worry that would just hang out and play and replay in my mind. I experienced like tightening in my chest that would hang out for longer than I can ever remember in my lifetime. Um, Again, sleep was just a little more challenging to, to, to come by. I found myself like dreading things that I should be enjoying. And while I'm in the middle of things I should be enjoying, I'm dreading things that haven't yet um, happened. And there was just this unusual sense of restlessness in my life. Uh, I don't know what your year was like. I don't know what your particular um, journey has been like um, recently. But for me, it felt like everything triggered a thought. And that thought would trigger uh, a sinking feeling about something that may potentially not go the way I wanted it to go. It may go wrong. And then the whole thing would blow up and on and on it went. It was awesome. So I just thought I'd come and and testify to that. Again, I don't know how much you can relate to this thought of, of inner, um, inner restlessness about life or about work or about that family relationship or about your kids or about the economy or about your retirement or um, about you know kids you may not have yet, whatever the case may be. I don't know how much you can relate to just you know things you should enjoy, you find yourself dreading and missing out on. I don't know how much um, you can relate to that. But here's what I do know. We were not made for that kind of inner restlessness. That kind of inner turmoil is not our portion, y'all. We were designed for peace. 
Peace is our promise. Peace is our portion. And so I don't know about you, but I don't know, something happened to me. I woke up in 2022 and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to kind of break up with all of this craziness. Because if peace is my portion, then hey, can we talk about making 2022 the year of peace? experiencing more of it, enjoying a little more of it than maybe we've enjoyed and experienced to this point. Peace is our portion. And by the way, I don't just make that declaration. I'm not just saying inner restlessness isn't for us because I don't like it. I am making that declaration to echo the declaration the word of God makes about what our portion is. And if you don't believe me, and I don't know why you wouldn't, But if you don't, because you are super skeptical, um, man, meet me in Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going to spend our time. Just over uh, a number of verses um, for the month of January. But meet me, Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse number 6 and get introduced or maybe reintroduced to our portion of Peace. If you don't have a copy of the Bible, the verses will appear up on the screen or down on the screen if you're engaging this um, virtually. Here's what it says. And by the way, just so you know, we're going to read a portion and then we're going to stop and then we're going to talk about it and going to read some more just so that you don't um, experience any unexpected um, whiplash. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse number 6. And here is what... It says, do not be anxious about anything. Uh, The word anxious here is a word that means to be consumed with concern. To be consumed with concern. It's not just talking about um, feeling concerned. It's not just talking about feeling a sense or a hint of worry. Concern and worry can actually be incredibly constructive. It's very helpful. It's why some of you are alive today. It's not talking about just feelings of restlessness or worry or concern. Um, It's talking about worry or concern when it's become consuming. It's talking about worry or concern that's gotten to the place where it's affecting your ability to enjoy the good moments that God has put in front of you. It's talking about worry or concern that's gone to the place where it's, it's affecting the gospel mission that God has called you Two, consuming concern, overwhelmed with a restlessness that's usually plagued by these unspoken questions of what if, attached to uh, an undesirable scenario. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if? What if? What if? Um, It's talking about that inner restlessness that starts to steal your joy because boy you can't enjoy today if you are consumed or overly concerned with the sorrow of 
to tomorrow? What if my kids grow up and they don't want to come back home and I'd be so miserable? And now you start to live consumed with a concern of that possibility, robbing you of the joy of today. It is almost impossible to love who is in front of you if you're consumed with a concern of losing them. What if she breaks up with me? Bro, you are single, right? I know, but what if we meet? And then after we meet, right? And we start to become concerned and consumed with this what if that lingers and starts to affect our ability to be present and to love well. And and you can't be generous. You won't give much if you are living with this concern that you might lose it all. What if the government makes decisions that, that steals all of our savings and then we can't? It's going to make your ability to be generous very, very difficult. What if? This is talking about consuming concern. Consuming concern. And God's word says, do not be consumed by concern. That consuming concern is not for you. Um. And I love the word he uses, do not be consumed with concern about anything. Any guesses, by the way, what the Greek word for anything is? Yeah, like anything, right? There's no deep or profound meaning. There's no place to go. Anything means exactly what it says. Anything, do not let anything consume you to the place or to the point where it becomes overwhelming. Nothing should worry you or consume you or concern you to the point where it's robbing you of joy in the moment or it's starting to affect your ability to love the people in front of you, where it's causing your chest to tighten and that doesn't stop and it's robbing you of sleep in the middle of the night. Nothing should stir that kind of consuming concern. Do not be consumed with concern that much about anything. Um, Man, I love that word, by the way. Anything. Because the word anything doesn't discriminate. Ah. I personally appreciate that. It's a word that means it doesn't matter how big or small the issue is. It's talking about anything. Anything. Anything that has the potential to cause worry that consumes and starts to rob you of life and fullness and freedom. And it starts to get in the way of the people in front of you and the mission that Jesus has called you to. Anything. Doesn't matter what. Because here's the reality. In a room like this, there are some of you. Who are going to live with consuming concern over the result of a football game tomorrow. And then there are others of you who are looking at those people just rolling their eyes with judgment. In church, by the way. Like, seriously? And so these people start to feel a little bit of shame. Like something like that, I guess, shouldn't count and shouldn't be consuming. Anything means anything. It doesn't matter how big or small or how seemingly spiritual or mundane it is. If it is enough to cause you to start to experience consuming concern, it qualifies. Where there are other people on the other end of the spectrum who are worrying about the pending result of a CAT scan. And Paul is speaking to both of those people. 
Without discrimination, anything means anything. This is not just talking about, well, it only counts if it's a really big, significant, world-altering issue that affects the well-being of vulnerable children. No. Because if we're actually honest about some of the things that we replay and the things that plague us and keep us from living in the present, most of us will acknowledge like, it wasn't that big deal, big a deal in, in the scope of eternity or global crises. But the point is, it was enough to stir restlessness in you. It was enough to keep you up at night. And therefore, Paul would be speaking about that. Whether it's a money issue or how long a foster placement is going to last. If anything is causing you to lose the joy and to be filled with lingering stress, Paul says, stop it. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. You weren't made for that. Look again at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Some of you Bible circlers need to circle that word of, word of Bible highlighters or whatever device you're using. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Um, again, every situation means every situation. It doesn't matter what the issue is. Whenever you are in a situation or you realize that something is starting to c- c- consume you with concern and it's, it's lingering and it's causing all kinds of tightness or all kinds of lingering stress or it's keeping you up at night, whatever that situation is. I love what Paul is suggesting. Whenever you realize like big or small, Major or minor, it's hanging around and I just can't shake it. It is robbing me of freedom and joy. Whenever you realize that Paul says, um, that is heaven inviting you to deal with it. Deal with that. It is never recommended. Just ignore it. Eat another snack. It's an invitation to deal with it. And more than that, what Paul is suggesting is whenever you start to experience that in any situation over anything, it's actually God's way of saying to you, you thief, that's mine. I don't belong to you. That belongs to me. Bring it. I don't know if you've ever recognized that that inner tightness is heaven's way of saying, um, bring that to me. I love what Peter says. Cast all your anxiety and your anxious, lingering thoughts on the Lord. It's his way of saying, um, bring it here. And then Paul tells us how. How do you do that? How do you hand over all this stuff that is lingering and, and making 2021 really unbearable in many 
ways. He says, well, just you pray, which seems like a really fitting thing to say in the house of the Lord. Um, on a Sunday morning, you, you pray, and he uses a number of different words for this, prayer and petition with thanksgiving, uh, make your request. This is just Paul inviting us into the process of giving God what he's saying, that's mine. Bring it here by way of prayer. And he uses these different phrases that are so helpful and so, so meaningful. The, the, the concept of, you know, with, with prayer, it's, it's really the idea of, um, well, if you're going to hand it to God, um, the way you do that is by telling God about it. Like, tell God. Tell God. Um, this is, for some of you, going to be worth the price of admission. Um, this word means, tell God the specific concern that's consuming you. Tell him. The thing that's replaying and plaguing your mind and keeping you up at night. Tell it to God. Ooh, this right here, for some of y'all, is why the Spirit somehow maneuvered for you to be at church or engaging this online. Tell it to God and be specific. This is so powerful. Do not... Under any circumstances, tell God the Christianized PG version of what's worrying you. Actually, tell God, do not sugarcoat it or try and give God like that filtered, censored version of the th No, tell God the actual thing you're worrying about and i'm telling you for many of us we have never told god the thing that we are anxious about we have christianized it and given him the version that's not actually keeping us up at night on account of the fact that we feel if i tell god what's really bothering me it doesn't sound super spiritual it doesn't sound righteous it sounds messy and selfish and self-serving and ridiculous so I'm going to throw a verse on it. I don't know if you knew this, but he knows anyway. The deepest, messiest thing that's keeping you up at night. And Paul uses a word that's, tell him. Tell that thing to him. I'm not, I, this week, I tried this. And I realized that for the very first time, I verbalized something to the Lord that had been plaguing my thoughts and, and keeping me up at night and causing tightness in the chest. I'd never said it to him. I had given him a Christianite version. You know, one of those like, if, but if you will, God, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying ultimately resign to your, but that's not what I actually felt. And I just said it to him and it sounded selfish and wrong and spiritually immature and it felt weird. And then I laughed and then I went to sleep. I'm not saying there's a magic trick there or it will work every time. But I'm just saying if you've never tried it, give it a shot. Paul says, 
tell God. Some of you for far too long have been giving him like prettied up versions that he's not interested in. If there's a monster keeping you up at night, well, we dressed it up as a teddy bear and then we gave it to God. No, because if I don't give him the thing, then I'm going to keep carrying the thing. Tell it to God. And then he uses this term, um, petition. Ask God for the desired outcome. Just ask, ask God. Um, what do you most deeply desire to see instead? Right? Because often I'm worrying about an outcome I don't desire. Well, what's the preferred desired outcome? Hand that over. Once again, I feel like there's some superstitious juju stuff that goes on in me. Like if I name to God the thing I most greatly desire, now it's out there. The devil has heard it and he'll use it against me. And God has heard it, frankly, and now he has a carrot to dangle or something to take away from me as a way of punishing me. So I don't know that I'm going to actually say the thing that I ultimately desire from God. So now think about it. I have the real monster version because I haven't told him. And the desired outcome that I'm so scared that I won't get, I'm keeping that too. What exactly has my prayer life been about? Now I think for some of us, this is it. Have you ever told him the thing that you really want, ugly as it might be, as messed up as it might sound? Ask God. Ask God for the outcome we fear not getting. Because again, you can worry about it or you can hand it to the God who actually has the power to alter and change outcomes. And he says with thanksgiving. That just means exactly what it sounds like. Thank God. Thank God. This is such a beautiful act of faith. Thank God for taking care of it. Thank God for taking care of it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't feel different. But I choose to leave it in your hands, God. And I thank you for taking care of it. And by the way, God, can I confess right now that I'm a little anxious that you won't take care of it or you won't take care of it fast enough. Can I give you that while I'm giving you the other stuff? And thank you for taking care of even that. It's this pre-praise that I give God, this pre-thanks, this thanks in advance, thanks in advance. It may not be something that I feel yet, but there is a faith in willing the word. Thank you, God. Sometimes I do this with my kids. Uh, What do you need to say to your mother? But I don't feel thankful. I'm not asking about your feelings. I'm asking about your words. Start with the words. We'll worry about the feelings later. Learn to express it. And let's see what happens. That's what Thanksgiving is. Say it. Tell it to him. Um, with thanks, With thanksgiving. I love it. It doesn't say thanks feeling. <laughs> right? Just give thanks. Just give it to him. It's his. He deserves it. And then I've got to add to this. And then repeat or rinse, if you will. Um, 
This is uh, powerful because when he says every situation, every situation, it means every time you feel this thing stirring or it's this concern, you want to repeat this process. You want to bring it to him, to tell it to him, to ask him for the desired outcome, to thank him for taking care of it. And then something else is going to stir. This is not an event, y'all. This is a lifestyle. And then you repeat it. You do it again. Because here's the truth of the matter. Whatever it is that keeps you up at night, you're going to be thinking about it all the time anyway. It's going to be plaguing and replaying and playing and replaying. So this is the practice of every situation bringing it to God. And I love what this section of scripture means. It means every situation. Like God, are you sure? I feel like I should come with a warning label. Because I have a lot of situations. Are you sure, God? I love this. This tells us God will never, ever, ever get tired of you bringing everything that worries you into his presence and handing it to him. That's his too. I'll take that too. Are you sure, God? And that's when I start to realize I must not believe in a God who can handle me. Because I feel like you can handle me for two days, four concerns per year. Do you know how many concerns keep me up at night? Bring them all. Every situation with prayer and thanksgiving, he can handle every single one of them. Stop hanging on to stuff that doesn't belong to you. Bring it to him. Every situation. And then God's word tells us what you were made for. What we pray will mark our 2022 year. Are you ready? I I hope you're ready and I hope you're willing to just receive it. Look again, if you, you have before, if it's for the first time, man, enjoy it. Verse number seven says, when we hand this to God, it says, and the peace of God, y'all, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not let concern consume you. But every time you sense that it is, bring it to God. And he will trade you for a consuming calm that you were designed for. That's what peace means. It's a consuming sense of inner calm that inner sense of i'm okay and it's gonna be okay i'm okay and it's gonna be okay peace you were created to live with a consuming calm as your default setting You are designed to live with consuming calm as your heart's resting place. It doesn't mean I don't go through all of these different things and turmoil and then I thought through this. But where I landed was this sense of consuming. I'm okay. And it's going to be okay. I'm telling you in 2022, we've got to refuse to accept anything less than peace as our portion. If this is his promise, if this is what God 
offers those of us who are willing to trade in all of our consuming concern, we've got to refuse to live with anything less than peace as our portion, as our resting place. And I love that it describes this peace as um, a peace that transcends all understanding. How boss is God for that one? I love that. It's like God's way of saying to us, like, um, why should uh, all of the worry and concern have all of the irrational fun? I'm going to give you some irrational peace. He says, it transcends all understanding. I, 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 I love that. It's, it's a peace that doesn't make sense. Um... A peace you can't explain to someone. It's one of those things like, I'm sorry, bro, you had to be there. It's one of those, you're going to have to experience it for yourself. I can't explain this to you. That ir- irrational peace. Because I don't know about your thoughts when they start to go crazy and your chest starts to tighten and you stay up at night. Like the stuff you're worrying about is not always super rational. And God's like, I'm going to give you peace like that. Um... I love it, a crazy piece, because it's, it's the kind of piece, like it's a little bit on the psychotic side, because it doesn't care about circumstances. What kind of piece just defies and doesn't care about circumstances? Like things around you can be going absolutely crazy, and you have no idea what's going to happen, and you have no idea how, and you have no idea how things are going to end or turn out, and yet you're talking about like, I'm okay, and it's going to be okay. Right? And the people in the world around you are like, have you lost your mind? Right? The people you need to spend less time with in 2022. These people. Like, have you not read the headlines? Have you not seen what's coming next and the new variant? How can you say that? Give me some evidence. Give me reasons why you would make such a crazy declaration and how you can live with this inner calm. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's not that kind of peace. It's not the kind that's based on circumstances. It's not based on answers. It's not based on more information or new information. This is a piece that's irrational. It's the kind of piece that's crazy. Because according to Paul, it's the kind of piece that transcends all understanding. Because, turns out, it's, it's God's peace. Uh, it's, I don't know how much time you've spent just looking over this. This has just ministered to me in very new and profound ways. This is God peace. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. I don't know if you've ever thought about what God is offering you as your portion if you trade in your overwhelming concern and worry. The peace of God. Um... God offers 
to allow us to experience the consuming calm that he experiences. Quick question. Do you have any idea how super chill God is? Let me ask, do you have any idea how calm God is sitting on his throne while everything goes crazy in the world around us? Any idea? Take a second. Picture his face. I mean, do you see him biting his proverbial fingernails? Furrowing his brows? He is so at peace. That's what he offers. It's his peace that he offers to lend it to us. And just think about this for a second. It makes so much sense that it's peace that transcends all understanding because it transcends our world. It's not from here. It's from up there. It's a peace of the God who sits above the entire universe. It's the God who is as present in the future as he is in the now. He can see where everything is going. It's, it's the God who is in charge of the outcomes. It's that God. His peace. And he offers for us to. That's your portion by the way. Accept it or reject it. That is your portion. The peace of the God who sits above the universe. How is he going to be bullied by circumstances when he sits above them? How is he going to be bullied by what might happen in the future when he sits beyond time? And it's like, you can have some of my peace. In fact, I promise it to you. It's crazy and irrational in our world because it's borrowed from a God who transcends our world. Man, for a long time, I've, I've worked to try and figure this verse out. Like... Um, Man, I wonder what this piece is, 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 is based on. And I've done some, some really good theological work, I'll have you know. You know, like, uh, I wonder if this piece is, is connected to um, the gospel, you know, which ultimately, of course it is, because any access we have to the God who sits above the universe comes through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I'm the person who's like... Um, I wonder if this piece is on account of the fact that Jesus Christ went to the cross and went to the grave and then he rose from the grave. And by doing that, he overcame our greatest foe and whatever our greatest enemy is, whatever is our greatest cause for fear, Jesus Christ has defeated it. So if I ever start to experience any inner anxiety or inner restlessness or inner tension, man, I just hold that up against what Jesus has done. And I'm reminded that whatever I have to fear, Jesus has overcome way more than that and is way more powerful than my fear and way more powerful than my anxiety and then I say amen to myself the problem with that is it makes sense the problem with that is it's rational I can understand it and so can you enough to say amen and I'm telling you if you can explain it or understand it it is the wrong piece it's not the piece he's talking about 
This piece is so much better, so much richer, so much more transcendent to anything that I can rationally explain or figure out. No matter how astute I may like to think myself to be theologically. It's God's peace. It transcends understanding. Not primarily designed to be explained, church. Primarily designed to be enjoyed. And I just came to announce to you, if you're a follower of Jesus, a child of God, his peace is your portion. His crazy, transcendent, irrational, unexplainable peace from a different place. The peace that God himself experiences. That's your portion. And I don't know what you want your 2022 to be like, but... mm, eh. You just need to be willing, honest, and make the trade. And I love how Paul describes this peace as not just a promise, but a, a protector. When God gives it, it, it brings consuming calm. Um, but it also provides this protective presence. It says it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. His peace does. Such a powerful thought. I'm not quite sure which image serves me uh, most meaningfully, but I picture it as a peace like standing outside my heart and my mind like a buff security guard or like a buff security guard uh, at uh, the TSA, TSA like you know airport security scanning place you know those TSA people I mean that's what their job is as far as I know um, sometimes I feel like they just want to feel my shoulders see if I've been working out but um <laughs> Um, but it is, it's this like, Hey, you thank you for the luggage that you're bringing. We got to check this out and scan it and make sure that you're not bringing anything that does not belong in that airplane and puts everybody up there in danger. And so they put you through this rigorous process. I'm like, that's what the peace of God does. If anything shows up at the door of your heart or your mind that even threatens to bring or introduce any restlessness or stir any lingering concern, peace is like, "Mm mm-mm. You may not enter. You may not. Or you got to pour that out in the trash can and then you may enter. But you're not bringing that in here. I love that. Like peace protects us from the things that are prone to cause or stir restlessness or worry. Here's what you need to know. In 2022, God offers to take overwhelming concern and replace it with overwhelming calm. And I'm, I'm embracing that. I, I'm, I'm, Lord, give me the grace to embrace that. Because I am a hyper-rational person. And I like to, to, to figure things out. And when I start to experience stress or anxiety or concern, I immediately start to make like a pros and cons list in my mind, right? And all of the reasons why the thing that I'm worrying about really is not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. And in light of all of the good things that are happening in my life, why would I be concerned about this? And then eventually I can somehow outweigh the concern with all of the privileges that I have in my life. And then it subsides. And that's worked for me for a very long time. 2021 is almost like the Lord said, no, I'm going to allow you to experience some things that you're not going to be able to explain away. You're not going to be able to rationalize. You're not going to be able to put a positive spin on. You're going to just have to feel it and sit with it so that you can finally respond to heaven's invitation 
saying that belongs to God. Bring it to him. There is a better brand of peace that he offers you that is beyond your ability to figure out. And I want to embrace that more and more and more, even as this year carries on. I don't know if you've been enjoying your portion and and your peace and your protection from overwhelming worry and concern, but... um, I really strongly suggest you get in on that this year. All you need to do is make the trade. Um, God, here's what's keeping me up. And I'm going to be honest and real. And here's what I would love and desire. Thank you so much for taking care of it. And then repeat. And God says, I promise you do your part. I will do mine. Um, I'm going to let you go in a few minutes, but I want to introduce this series. Oh, I thought you just did that. Not really. Um, Here's what we want to see in this series. Um, Peace is a promise, and peace is a protector, and God will give it if we come to him honestly. And and we want to receive it. Um, There's nothing that we can do to rationally figure it out or or attain God's peace. It's it's a promise. But my concern is we so often sabotage the peace he so generously gives us. In fact... I suspect that I've experienced more of his peace than I realize. I just don't hang on to it for long enough before I sabotage it and I give it away. Here's the thing. I don't know if you knew, but peace serves as a protector, stands at the door. And if anything starts to threaten to come in, to invade and to bring thoughts that are going to consume with concern, I'm going to tighten my chest or keep me up at night or keep me from living in the joy in the present, peace says you may not enter. You may not enter the word of God. Um, The problem, though, is it doesn't say anything about the fact that I can walk up and open the door and say, come on in. Peace will protect, but it doesn't prevent me from opening the door and inviting all of those things in. I think so much of what we miss out on, because I'm telling you the promise is good. You can receive it today. The question is, are we going to live in the kind of way that enjoys and experiences and holds on to the peace that God promises? And so in in the next two verses, we, we want to spend time the rest of this month in what Paul tells us. Oh, God will give you peace and peace will protect you, but you need to practice keeping it. Hanging on to it. Verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen enemy put into practice and the God of peace will remain with you. 
will be with you. What an incredible bookmark. The peace of God, the God of peace, one and the same. And Paul is saying, if you think about these kinds of things, practice these kinds of things, you will find yourself enjoying the lingering sense of God's peace and presence. Paul is saying, getting peace is a promise. It's your portion. But keeping peace, that's practice. And it depends on what you choose to think about. That's what we want to talk about over the next few weeks. If you want the peace of God and the God of peace to remain with you, practice putting these kinds of things in front of you over and over again. Over and over again. Enjoying the peace of God in many ways depends on, and in our cultural context, what you choose to watch what you choose to listen to, what you choose to read, what you choose to talk about, what you choose to put in front of you. The diet you feed your mind will so greatly determine how much of heaven's peace you enjoy. And at some point, we are going to have to ask the question, is that worth trading the peace of God for? God said, I'll trade all of your worry and your overwhelming concern for my overwhelming calm. You're like, thank you. We receive it. We're going to go make another trade and give it right away. And I don't think we intentionally do this, but we don't intentionally safeguard. Paul is saying these are the kinds of things in this section of scripture that should dominate your thought diet if you want peace. To stick around. These are the kinds of things you'd spend the most time taking in. These are the kinds of things you want to play and replay and replay and play for peace. Peace protects against what's trying to break in, but I think we so often open the door ourselves. A couple of quick things here. Um, He says, uh, finally, verse 8, brothers and sisters, we'll look at a couple of quick ones to give you a sense of where we're going. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is noble, you want to safeguard your peace and enjoy your peace. Paul would say, well, the things you watch and hear and read and say should be true and should be noble. The things you spend the majority of your time with should be true And should be noble. What you stream or what you TikTok, what you read or what you podcast or what news you watch or, you know, what what text you exchange um, should be true and noble. Um, True is is a word that simply means it's, it's what reveals things as they really are. It reveals things as they really are. It's not based on anyone's feelings or opinions or interpretations. It's talking about reality as it actually is. Um, It's describing reality that you would stake your life on. Like something is so real and so true that I I would stake my life 
on it. It's not opinion. It's not people's interpretation. It's not the trending issues. And I hope I don't have to do too much work to convince you, but I'm so glad to try. That there is only one ultimate revealer of reality. And that is the word of God. It is the word of the living God. It's what God sees and God says is true. You can stake your life on what God says. I'm not suggesting that the Bible is the only source of truth. I am suggesting that the Bible is the ultimate source of truth. The ultimate source of reality against which you should measure every other reality. I should take everything else in my life and ask the question, but what does the Bible say about it? Because that's what ultimately anchors my reality. And that's what I want to stand upon. And Paul would say, you should put things in front of you that have passed the test Of the ultimate truth. Those are the things that you should play over and over and over again. And um, if you're going to bank on something, it better fall in line with what God says. Because other things may be facts, but come on, let's be honest. They are shifting and there's different emphases. And one minute, it's an emphasis on the facts related to, you know, this variant and this pandemic. Other, it's a fact related to this Protest and other times, and it's just all of these shifting things. And by the way, we chase them and we put them in front of us, and we wonder why our minds just keep on spinning because they're not coming back to being anchored in the reality that doesn't shift and it doesn't change. And there's only one it's the word of the living God against which we ought to measure all things. Here's what I'm saying to you. If you have any intent of making it through 2022 without the Bible being a diet you constantly place in front of your mind, you are sabotaging your peace. There is no way. This is a reality that anchors you. And when everything is going crazy, somehow you stay anchored in the peace of God that's anchored to the word of God. And you're like, I'm I'm okay. And it's going to be okay. Matter of fact, I can uh, verify that by turning to the end of this book. That this should be a part of your regular diet. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it. Um, if if um, I think for the sake of enjoying peace this year, some of you need to just make a commitment now to severely limit your news intake. I said it. I'm not saying be a dummy who's uninformed. There's way too much of that in the church. I'm saying recognize that um, the news is not actually a source of what is true. You don't know my news outlet. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm thankful for that. Um, Everybody reports with bias. Your favorite news outlet reports with interpretation and and opinion. And uh, if you wouldn't bet your house on, let alone build your life on what Tucker or Anderson has to say. And I'm saying that should not be the thing that you are constantly placing in. Some of you need to just limit your. If your thoughts are fueled by the news outlet and the latest thing that people have said, it is no wonder. 
We sabotage our peace and we're constantly pulled back and forth with the latest headline and the newest. Some of us need to just chill out so we don't sabotage our peace. Get back to the ultimate source of reality. You should not be spending more time in that news article than in the word of God. But the truth of the matter is so many of us, that's what we've done. And then we're wondering why. Um, Social media? Must I go on? No, please don't, right? It is a terrible source to be putting in front of you and feeding your mind as a source of truth. Truth? Come on. This is a bunch of people who even tell you that we use filters to distort reality. And yet here you are looking at these influencers who are distorting reality in order to to get more followers and more likes and to leave you feeling like you are just not good enough. And and your, your style, that's so 2021. So outdated. Now you don't feel good enough because your kid's birthday party wasn't as trendy as the thing that you saw on Pinterest and you wonder why you can't sleep. Netflix, come on. Can we just agree? Netflix is entertainment. It is designed to pull you out of reality into a fictitious world to entertain you. If that's where you're spending the majority of your time, Michael Scott is not a real character. He's not a real person. There may be offices that may be fact, but the office is not reality. So I'm just telling you, if you are streaming and streaming and your mind is spending time in these alternate realities, these fictitious places, it's no wonder. But if that's your diet, you think you're going to somehow hold on to peace. I can't sleep. All I can think about is dragons. Like, all right, well, (laughs) no offense to Taylor Swift and Drizzy Drake, but um, they're not painting pictures of reality. And yet if that's the music you're feeding and feeding and feeding and constantly listening to, I promise you it is affecting how you hold on to the peace that God pours into your experience. That's what Paul is saying. Uh, Thanks to my son, we as a family are trying to read through the Bible again this year. Pray for us. Um, And by the way, I'm winning so far this year. Uh, Not the competition, but it's like because I've discovered like, oh, I can listen to the word of God. Like the reading thing for me is like, um, uh, I'm listening to it now. And I'm like, I'm getting through it. It's been amazing. And just so you know, from a pastor, I need to close. I promised my son I'll preach shorter. Um. I, uh, I don't even care. Like, I'm not going to tell my kids I can study the word and parse the verbs. Make sure you understand what each word means. I don't care how long Methuselah lived. What I care about is let's just get the word of God streaming. So we're just getting it in our system right now. Let's just get it in here. Let's just, let's just put it in front of us and see what it does. Because I know it's living and active and it's sharper than a sword, this truth is. And I'll say the same to you. Just read the Bible. What if I'm not focused? I don't care. I don't care. You watch Netflix while you're surfing the internet on your phone. You don't do anything 100%. I don't care. The difference is this is feeding your peace. Uh, last thing, whatever is noble Uh, Noble just means what you would be proud to let everyone know. That's what noble means. That it wouldn't matter who's listening in or looking over your shoulder. You would be glad to show it off. 
I'm just asking, are the kinds of things you watch and read and listen to and talk about with the people in your circles, are those the kinds of things you'd love to have published? And if you don't know if the things you spend the majority of your time engaging are noble, I'm just going to ask you, are you willing to take the last three challenge? It's very simple. Would you be willing for all of us to know the last three books you read? Or the last three series you streamed? Uh, The last three conversations you had with the closest people in your circle who are not in your family? Would you be willing for the rest of us? Would you be proud of it? The last three snaps you sent? The last three texting exchanges you've had? Would you be? And if you find yourself in constantly in those places where it's like, "Mm, I would not want people to know this. I would not want people to know that. I would not want people. I promise you it is going to steal your peace because if nothing else, it makes you a duplicitous person who has to hide certain aspects to keep them away from other people. That's a lot of work and it's going to stress you out. And you're going to wonder, why is my mind constantly doing this? No, you want to constantly keep in front of you things that are noble, things you'd be proud of, things you'd want, you know, everyone to know, things you'd want to recommend, things you want to be like, yes, please let this be known. And if that's not the constant diet that's in front of you, if the things that are in front of you are things you have to keep turning your phone over so people don't see it, make sure you change your code a thousand times because if anyone opens it, I don't remember what I was looking at last. You will be robbing yourself of peace. But if it's noble, come on, put it in front of you and leave it out there so somebody else stumbles into it and they're like, that's cool. Or that's boring, depending on what they think. Um, I'm going to pray so y'all can go. And um, and ask the workers in the kids' wing for cereal. Um, This is a year of peace. Um, Man, I declare God's promise of peace over his people, over his church. And I pray, Spirit of the living God, that you would help us to safeguard the peace that you are so generous to share with us. Give us the grace and the strength to practice and to put in front of us and to feed our minds the kinds of things that promote and safeguard peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.